Blog Talk Radio.
And you're listening to G Radio. The music for your soul. So I have a few people tonight on the line that we're going to talk about what's going on in America. Mike. Yes, sir. Yes, Greg. How are you? I'm great. Uh, who else do I have in Florida? 562. Who else do I have on the line? Uh, caller 562-240. You're live with G Radio. I'm sorry. Hello. This is Julie. <laughs> hey, Julie. Hold on. Julie, thanks for calling in. So, let's tonight we're talking about. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. I have some issues with the uh, headset tonight. So I have Mike in Florida. Who? Let me, Mike, tell everybody about yourself. <coughs> okay. Okay. Th- thank you, Greg. I'm uh, um, a lifelong cop from uh, North Jersey. I'm not going to name any departments. And I just had a best-selling book out called Undercover Cop by Mike Russell, uh, by a major publisher. And uh, now I've been signed to do a television series. Um, I just can't mention the name now, and you know why, Greg, because the right. guy who bought me has to make the PR announcement. Right. But FX is the network going to make a television series based on my book, Undercover Cop, which is my life undercover inside the mafia, meaning Italian, also jobs with the Russian uh, organized crime groups. Um, that's about it. Just a uh, just a, a street cop from Jersey. Right. And I got Julie from California. I also have Nat. But let me, Julie. Yes. Yes. Spatiate. I'm, Who I'm you sorry. Are. I'm having. Can you hear me? Um. Yeah, I can hear you. I was just having a problem with my headset. Now, okay. can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you loud and clear. Okay, good. Um. Only thing I can say about me is I'm a single mom. With four grown children out here in California, I have one who's a terminally ill child. Bless her heart, she's still here after 14 years. Um, all I can say, you know, with life and everything else with it, hey, it's real. The struggle is real. Awesome, awesome. And I got my co-host, Nat Wood. Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing? Hey, Nat, well, hello, you know Nat. <laughs> hey, Nat. How you doing? All right. Hey, all right, so, Nat. Let's do this, guys. You know, let's let's just take it from the top, guys. You can all hear me, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Let's just take it from the top. America is in a bad place right now. Would you all agree? Yes, Very sir. Very much so. All right. Now, I'm going to start with Nat. Nat, you know what went down. Nat's the co-host. Nat, we know how today played out. Uh, a couple days, yeah, a couple days played out. Now, where I want to let's I want to have a calm. We know what the issues are in America. Racism still exists. I am the reason that I have these three guests is because we're going to talk about solutions. So I'm going to start with Nat. Nat, please be Nat. Um, first of all, I. I... Uh, you're right. Racism does does exist, and it still exists on a systemic basis. Um, people not liking each other is not really that big a deal. You can get over that. You can learn to overcome that. That doesn't hold people back. That doesn't endanger people. 
Um, there is systemic racism. And I don't think that we can adequately influence um uh, the way systemic racism works. I think ultimately we're going to have to um, rethink the way we deal with each other, the way we deal with education, the way we deal with community. Um, I, I um, Minister Farrakhan, and he, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying he's um, um, my ultimate <clears throat> role model. I'm more of a Malcolm guy. But he once made a statement that um, Pharaoh has cut us loose. Um, that is the case, but I think the solution is more to the point of us cutting Pharaoh loose. I think that um, uh, systemically, the school system is not going to get any better than it is. The um, the justice system is not going to get any better than it is. And as a matter of fact, it's become such a cash cow for military weapons uh, that it's going to get progressively worse. The prison systems are being privatized. The school systems are being privatized. So if you're looking for some uh, solution within the system itself, I don't see that coming. Um, that is not to say we should not vote. That is not to say we should not uh, scout uh, the best possible political solution. That is not to say that we should... Uh, treat our brothers and our neighbors uh, differently. But that is to say that we're going to have to take more control over our children's education. We're going to have to take more control over our community. Now, that is not something that we can ultimately affect uh, by ourselves, but we can certainly affect the way we deal with each other at home. We can deal with our neighbors. If we start, if we just plant a seed, something will occur. Um, I think the worst thing we do is do nothing because we figure out, we believe that we can't do everything, so we ultimately do nothing. Uh, there, there's, there's one, um, I, I read something that said, um, um, prayer is where people who do nothing uh, convince themselves that they're doing something. Um, um, ultimately, uh, we're going to have to get up, off of our knees and onto our knees and start doing something. Okay. Um, I'm going to go in order. So, Mike. Yes, sir. Can you respond to that or can you add uh, to Yes, that? I can. Um, and I'm going to say it uh, as per an old school cop. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. And I don't sugarcoat nothing. You know me, Greg. Right. I know you really well. Um, the whole system the whole police system is in complete failure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> complete failure. Uh, I'm listening to some young kid, meaning the cop, uh, Mr. Wilson, uh, I believe his name is. Yeah, he's on TV, and he's saying he's a scared. Okay, well, he probably should be selling used cars. Why are people on the job that are scared, meaning on the job, meaning the police job? That's our term. Okay, and all the wrong moves were made. He chose to put himself in that position. Okay, he drove up to the kid. He got trapped in the car, and mm-hmm. his his um, injuries were like he was in a fight with my granddaughter. Uh, you know, anybody who gets hit on the side of the face by the bottom of the jaw, there, your jaw should have went south if the guy had any, if he hit you with any force. Right. So to believe his story about life-threatening injuries, wrong. I, I don't buy it. Number one. 
<clears throat> I believe in years ago we used to train and we used to have to box in the police academy just to see if we could take a punch in the face. To get punched in the face is not a life-threatening injury. To get punched in the head a couple times. I've been numerous times. I've been on the bottom of the pile. I've been shot. I've been stabbed. Not a big deal. But I took the job, and I believe we took an oath saying to protect and serve. Okay, that seems to have gone down the toilet with the rest of the uh, police work. So uh, I don't I don't buy any of this and all this stuff. I'm afraid for my life. Okay, you're on the wrong job then, son. Go sell cars or something. Do something productive, but not on the streets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I got I got a couple other things um, I'm going to just throw out there um, for the sake of discussion. Okay, reading the demographics of this city, it's 67% black. That's on a computer on Wikipedia and on the news. All right, the black there should be a black city council there. There should be a black mayor because in Newark we had a black mayor in 1970, a black police chief. Right. 50, right. 60 years ago we were ahead of the curve. Right. Um, am I am I missing something with this city? Uh, there should be more black people in power there. Uh, and why does the, the police department only have four black members? Um, am I missing something here, too? And yes, you're right. Racism is a big thing. Uh, it seems to be a lot more prevalent than what I thought it was. In my line of work, I'm an undercover cop, and I don't carry a gun, a badge, an ID or nothing. I work undercover inside criminal organizations for long periods of time. Right. So, uh, but I do know I spent 10 years on the streets of North Jersey. And I do know how to, and I know how to talk to people respectfully. And this is another thing, Greg. You'll probably get a thousand emails on this one here. But we used to have size requirements years ago, and right. it made the job a lot easier. Small cops right. always brought nothing but trouble to me. Right. So, um, but that's a very old school police opinion. And I, I carried nothing when I was in uniform but a couple extra bullets and my handgun. I didn't have a stick. I didn't have a blackjack. I didn't carry mace. I didn't. Pepper gas. I didn't carry any of that stuff. Right. So, and also, <clears throat> years ago, we used to handle calls on the spot. Now, now all of a sudden, we have to dramatize it and get a SWAT truck and make sure the TV cameras are in place when the guys come out of the SWAT truck. It's just a oh, bunch wow. of BS, yeah. Greg. Right. Yeah. But the one good thing I did see down here a day ago was the FBI raided the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office because they had five bad shootings. Uh, identical to this, a couple of them being worse because a, uh, a uh, handicapped kid got shot for holding a pair of hedge clippers. So hmm. that to me tells me that the Justice Department is on the move and maybe straighten things out. Right. Now, Julie, you're in L.A. Now, yes. Let, let me hear your point of view before I respond to everybody's point of view. To me, like I said, it's gotten out of hand. I mean, the the racial tension. And see, the thing about it is it's the media, it's the propaganda that's feeding into this, and people are feeding into this even more. We got protests in Oakland. We've got protests all over the world. There was a map, and it was practically hitting every state that people were protesting. But my thing with this is, I understand the parents. I really, really do. I understand their rage. I understand their hurt. But when he made that comment, burn the bee down, I mean, that just gave fuel to the fire to these people out here. To me, it's like, you know what, take that stand in what you're doing. Remember why you're taking that stand, but don't don't lose your mind doing it. 
because we got people laying in the freeway. We got somebody who got hit in Minnesota got hit by a car because she wouldn't get out the way. Now, you got to remember, you have innocent bystanders, even though you're protesting and you're mad and um, you don't know what to do. And, see, that's the thing with society. They don't know what to do. And, see, so they're turning to the media, but at the same time, the media is kind of biting us in the butt. Right. Because it's turning around playing the black and white thing. But you know what? It's not just a black and white thing. I'm sorry. It's called human rights thing. Because you got everybody who's protesting, all different colors. Right. You know what? I, I agree with everybody. But here's the thing. We all know racism exists. And, see, I'm going to go out and say this. Shooting an unarmed person. I can't justify it. I mean, there is no justification. You know, I don't think. No. See, I I may get a lot of emails on this, so no one knows the back story of um. Not many people know the back story of Michael. Brown. Michael Brown went into a store and strong armed an individual that owned the store for cigars. Now, does that justify shooting on our? No. No. Definitely not. No. Definitely not. No. But no is, weapons were involved. No, no, no weapons. No strong arm robbery is one step above a larceny. Uh, right. It's still a very, very low, low end crime. Right. Now, my thing is racism in America. I'm going to say racism in America has been since Obama, the Obama administration, has been out of control. No. I think that I don't know what's going to happen with the Michael Brown case, but here's the thing: where do we go? We know what the problems are. Let's talk about let's talk about solutions. Nat, let's start with start with solutions. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things, and I'm 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 glad um, uh, my undercover cop uh, uh, brother brought it to the to what's real, so we can actually get into what's real. First of all, um, the videotape that they showed was not conclusive proof that any strong arm took place. But assuming that that was the case, it's not a capital offense. When you analyze the things that uh, Detective uh, Don Wilson said, all of it is garbage. Um, I respect um, police activity. I respect undercover activity. As a matter of fact, when I came up, Everybody said the same thing. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. There was an expectation that if you broke the law, there were consequences if you got caught. Right. Um, we're talking about something different. We're, we're, talking about, we're talking about basically hunting and, and killing black youth. Black youth, Black young males, and basically there's some sort of profit margin involved. When you analyze the things the man said, they make no sense. He said that he was driving down, saw two young men jaywalking in the middle of the street, called them over, and, and no, first told them not to jaywalk. They basically said, the hell with you, kept walking. He called them over. Uh, uh, Michael Brown commenced the Punching him through the window. This, I mean, this is strange. Punching him through the window, 
tried to take his gun, got punching him, gave the cigars to his friend, commenced to punch him some more. He then uh, uh, left the scene uh, uh, detective downwards and said that, that somehow Michael Brown was able to flee. He got out the car, took his gun out. Um, and then he said the man turned back around almost 100 feet away and started coming back toward him. He likened uh, Michael Brown to Hulk Hogan with a demon face. This is what he said was coming up. And yet he said that the man coming at him, uh, anywhere from, from 40 to 60 to 100 feet away from him, terrorized him so much he was in such fear of his life that he was able to have a conversation with himself in his head as to whether or not he should cheat him. He, he, he literally said, should I shoot him? Would it be legal to shoot him? Yes, it would. Then he shot him. Now, you have you have um, a um, retired detective on your panel. Ask him, does any of this make sense? Do you have a conversation in your mind as to whether you should shoot somebody, actually hold the sentence, give yourself an answer, and then shoot before you shoot somebody who you believe is coming to kill you, especially a demon hulk holder? None of it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that's correct, uh, especially when you're punching someone through the window of a car and his gun is on his right hip. It's impossible to grab the gun, um, number one, looking at it from an evidence point of, or an investigative point of view. Number two, if he's 100 feet away, what happened? Yost used to call, call in for a backup. Get some more cops there. And number three, it's still not justified. You don't think about it. You just prepare for physical contact. And that gun ain't coming out of the holster. Those holsters are designed today not to come out unless you hit a certain button. So, uh, again, I could drill holes in this story all day long that don't make sense. Um, I have a a question for you, though, sir. Yes. What is your protocol for – because – it's not just this case. It is so many cases that have been going on, and um, it's unfortunate because I came from, unfortunately, um, I was in a DV situation, and a lot of cops after a while did not want to respond to that place. Don't think I did not try to get out because they didn't want to do the paperwork. They didn't want to do this. They didn't want to do that. My son has lost all respect for the law. What a lot of youth have lost respect for the law. My question is, like I said, not just him, not just his case, but with the unarmed, you know, um, victims too. What is protocol? I mean, is is protocol shoot to kill, shoot to maim, shoot to wound, or do you use your judgment like, okay, I don't like him because he pissed me off because I had to chase him down the freeway for six hours or? Or um, what is protocol? I mean, is it the individual officer themselves? Protocol, unfortunately, is department by department. And number two, it's not not very good anymore. Years ago, like I said, that was a last resort. I became a cop in 1970. Mm -hmm. So I, I go way back. I'm 61 years old now. And... 
but I still, if I'm wor- if I have to work undercover, I still can disarm somebody. And I, I, in my undercover years, which were 20 years, I never carried a gun. And those were dealing with mafia guys, extremely dangerous criminals. But and I was out there with no backup, with no radio, no police ID, no nothing. It's nobody. We're picking all the wrong people. In other words, is what I'm saying too. Uh, I went to some. Somebody invited me to give a speech at um, Palm Beach County College about a year ago. And uh, when they heard my views on police shootings and that everybody's afraid today and everybody's too small, they politely asked me to leave. They didn't want to hear no more opinions. Uh, you know, I'm a thing of the past, but having grown up in a major city, I understand all avenues. Um, you know, where we're going with this. And I treat everybody with respect. And I know how to talk to people because the mm-hmm. last thing I want to do is roll around the floor with you. Exactly. But, but it was always, whenever I got on a uh, call to back up somebody, it was the the little cop thinks that gun and badge means, you know what I'm saying, and it Thank don't you. mean nothing. It Thank don't mean you. nothing. If I could talk my way out of something, I would, but that's just the way my do, way I do business. But little cops are always mouthy. And, and you've seen it. Everybody's seen this kid on TV, a skinny little shoulders, skinny little arms. Again, what are we looking I, at here? I call so. the big dog syndrome. They have to make yeah, up yeah, for they, it they, one they, All of a sudden they feel tough um, because the big guys are there. And I was always, you know, I, I'm still six foot one and about 220. I still lift a lot of weights and, and box sem, at a semi-professional level. Uh, so, um, but what I always stayed in shape now? and what's that? Oh, what are your views now that they have to, they're talking about making a law of, uh, police officers wearing cameras. We, we don't need any more laws. We need to hire the right people out there. Thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, what's, the, what's the law? Why do we need more laws? These cops out there today don't even understand the law. They're talking about probable cause with George Stephanopoulos there. You said it. You said it. And let me say this. Let me say this. There should be no way that that a prosecutor, whether he's good, bad, or in the middle, because either way there are consequences, should be the prosecutor when a policeman is charged with a crime. A prosecutor has a special relationship with the police force. If if he if he goes against that relationship, trying to do the right thing, he's he's going to be penalized for it, jeopardized for it, and he's going to be out of the game. If he goes too much the other way, you'll never get justice. There is no way. I don't care how it happens that a prosecutor should be the one uh, um, uh, looking for an indictment and prosecuting a policeman. They should have had a special prosecutor come in or move it to a federal level to keep the integrity where it should be. Correct. Okay, but now Uh, that we're talking about all this, what are we going to do about it? Because there's so many people out there. Because I was, ooh, I was so mad yesterday. But people think, okay, I'm this little person, but what can I do? What can I help? But this is like I was telling everybody else. Go to your council. Go to your mayor. uh, Go to the mayor. Go to... Your congressman, whatever, but you know what? You've got to make a stand because that one little voice can be heard. I, I agree, and um, I, I, I don't. I don't really know the answers. I've, I've been in the system, but I've been outside the system all my life, and it's it's not very good. It's it's actually it's the system is broken now. Yeah, it is. And the system is broken. And going back to what 
Greg said at the beginning of the show, uh, since uh, President Obama hasn't been in office, okay, racism went to an all-time high. Well, this is another thing I said at a public meeting recently, and I was politely asked to leave. Um, President Obama and Eric Holder are not black. They're rich and famous now. They don't know nothing about black America. It's the same as me asking a white politician to do something for me. Nobody ever did nothing for me in my lifetime. So, it, you know, it's, it's just you got to take a stand. You're right at our level, at the street level. But how are we going to do it? I, I, I don't know. I don't have any miracle answers uh, because the prosecutors are elected people or appointed by the governor, uh, which uh, just means more corruption. Uh, the cops are – I'm figuring that cop in Ferguson, they're trying to keep that police department an all-white police department. So they're picking hand-picked uh, uh, friends of theirs, you know, which obviously ain't working because they had to bring in the state police captain – two days into it, and they actually should remove that the whole hierarchy of that police department. So, um, but, again, uh, that's my, you know. I think special prosecutors, uh, when it when it comes to um, um, issues of the police, should be an, a, national, um, a national agenda. I think people all across the nation should, uh, should lobby for that and fight for that. Uh, because I think that would be much better than... Uh, police cameras yeah, on a bad cop. Again, we still haven't rooted out the bad cops or the scared cops. or the. Again, if you're afraid to be on a job, you shouldn't be out there. Yeah. And I mean, if, if, the, if, if the prosecutor is going to become the defense attorney for the policemen uh, uh, when they're simply looking for an indictment, it's not even a trial. It's just to figure out if, if enough Stuff happened where you can theoretically go to trial. Um, there is no way that you can get justice in any case. You can't even uh, uh, get your views heard. And I just don't think, even if even if the even if the district attorney is sincere, sincerely wants to do the right thing, the relationship between the police department and the district attorney's office is so close. Uh, that it is impossible for a district attorney to do his job without the support of the police department, and I I just think it's a, it's it's a, 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 a non-starter. It's just not a position that a prosecutor can uh, realistically um, um, do his job. Right, oh, and in the, in the in the grand jury situation, there's 12 people sitting around an attorney. And the uh, the prosecutor, excuse me, and he conducts the investigation. He asks what he wants to ask. So the people on the grand jury only hear. It's very selective. Uh, they've already made up their mind, which I can't believe they went this way out there. But again, I don't know Middle America good. I'm an East Coast person, so I don't know what goes on out there in Middle America. So, uh, but they already made up their mind that they wanted this kid, uh, the cop, to go free. For what reason, I don't know. Uh, and why they haven't removed that police chief, I don't know. Um, I, I just don't know. I don't understand this. Uh, things used to move a lot faster in the Northeast. Uh, like we had a shooting very similar, similar to this in the 70s. A white police officer killed a young black youth, and um, this cop was indicted and was in jail within three months. He was gone. So... Um, 
but that, again, I'm talking 40 years ago, so. Just uh, we had a 12-year-old kid who was killed because he had a toy gun. Um, uh, that, 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 the BB gun? Yeah, the BB gun. Um, okay. Um, now, Diallo is built like was built like uh, vermicelli. I mean, if 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 you put rocks in his pocket uh, and dipped them in water, he wouldn't weigh 120 pounds. Um, and looking down the barrel of a BB gun, it no more resembles the barrel of a real gun because it shoots a BB the size of a a penhead. So it's easily recognizable as a BB gun. Right, right. Um, everybody's afraid now. If I was going to go on that call with that twelve-year-old boy, there's no question in my mind. I, you know, I probably wouldn't have even gone in there armed. I would have went in there. I used to have a big thing. I used to lock my gun in the trunk of a car in sensitive situations, and I would talk the kid out of it. No question in my mind that I can't dis, uh, distract the kid for two seconds to disarm him. But see, that type of thinking is all gone. You know, and yeah. could, could I live with myself after killing a 12-year-old boy? No. No. It's not worth it. I'd rather take the bullet myself if the gun was real. I don't think a 12-year-old boy, if you come up to him and say, police, put that damn gun down, I think a 12-year-old boy would put that damn gun down. He'll, he'll put uh, it down, and you can just, even if you have to distract him and make a fast move to disarm him, it can all be done as long as you're thinking the way we were supposed to think and the way we were taught self-defense, but apparently nobody's taught that anymore either. So everybody's just taught to go for tasers and handguns and pepper spray. and Nobody knows how to box or self-defense anymore. So I'll agree with that one. I mean, I'll agree with that one. Now, the, the, Greg, where'd you go? He got quiet. Yeah, he went to the bathroom. Don't worry. You take over the yeah. show. Yeah. I think he abandoned us. Yeah. Yeah, you're better yeah. anyway. Yeah, you got good. No, so my thing is, is yesterday when I saw this, okay, I have a thing to, I mean, it's not just, you know, the, the census killings. This is going on too much. You know, my heart hurts. Oh, my God. There's a picture that I put up on my page on Facebook. Where, um, matter of fact, I think uh, Greg put it up on his as well, to where, and it, you know, it's not just, like I said again, it's not just blacks, but it was a black mother covered in blood. She had her son over her shoulder covered in blood with the flag hanging off his arm. I looked right, at that I saw picture. that, yes. Yes, I looked at that picture and I cried. I cried for the fact is the mothers out there who have lost their children to senseless either gang activities or yeah. shootings to um, police activities. And see, the thing about it is, is the unfortunate part is people, are, you, a lot of people, now there's good cops out there. Please don't get me wrong, you know. Um, but, the, but the way society has formed right now, it's just like, okay, um, we don't like them. We don't trust them. You know, I mean, then you get, you know, then you get like, um, when you get stopped and the, and the people are not even real policemen. You know, and so what do you do? Because right now in society, uh, the way everything is put is like, who the hell do we believe? Good question. Uh, you, I, I don't know. You got just gotta. I follow. I follow my own instincts. I know what's right and what's yeah. wrong. 
Yes. And I'm not afraid to buck the system. Um, yes. That's why I never, you know, other than uh, uh, being an undercover detective, and I made a lot of big cases. I never got very far because I'm not a political person. You know, I'm not a political person. A couple times I was offered a police chief job down here in South Florida, and I turned it down. I'm not a police chief. I'm a street cop. So, yeah. And I'm not going to talk to politics. You know what, guys? I'm sorry I'm back. We had some issues. But continue the conversation. I'll catch up. Sorry That's about okay, that. That's okay, Greg. I, I kept, I we kept the show alive. <laughs> I just asked where you went. All right. I apologize. Uh, Blog Talk as well as G Radio NYC is having some technical difficulties, but it's snowing in New York. But hold on a second, guys, before you continue. You're listening to G Radio, New York City, where you can find the classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. Tonight we got what's going on. Uh in America, and I have great guests, Mike, Nat, and Julie. Continue, guys. Knock yourselves out. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to say that it is it is extremely um, frustrating, and and you get you you do get angry and paranoid because you do every single thing you can possibly do against all odds to try to give. Your children and your grandchildren alike, and I right a shot. You yeah. you you spend thousands of dollars on computers. You help them with their homework. You take them to church. You teach them to respect other people. And it seems like everybody and everything is hell bent on killing them. That there is that there is the the the, the streets want to kill them. The, the law enforcement wants to kill him. There's money in putting him in jail. We had, I mean, there was a case where a judge, a judge got convicted of of uh, just ramrodding children, especially children of color, into the prison system because there was a financial incentive involved through government uh, money. Um, it's just very, very frustrating. You, you, you actually want to just take your your whole family to an island somewhere. Oh, um, amen. The amen. <laughs> that's that's why I just built a home in Barbados. Oh, <laughs> I I'm ain't sticking around here much longer. I don't longer. know you, but I'm going with you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I ain't sticking around here. So. I always said, give me an island. You know, one thing about you know because you know as normal human beings and citizens and somebody with common sense, which common sense is not so common anymore. That's correct. You know, just like Nat was saying, we do for our kids. We live for our kids. You know, this is how you do things. This is how it is done. Respect your elders. Respect others. They will respect you. But, honey, respect is like a word of the past anymore. Yeah, I agree. Because we don't know yeah. what that means. You know, so, and then... You know what? Here's not, not to cut you off, Julie. Not to cut you off, but here's the fact: we're not going to another island. We're here. We need solutions. We, other than I, I, Mike, you and I had a conversation with policemen being trained and knowing the law. Nat, where? Tell us. Give me a solution. That's what this show is all about. Solution. Solution. Okay. Um. I encountered a lot of police officers down here that don't even know the Constitution exists. 
They don't know oh. anything about constitutional law, and I ask myself why. we got to know the least the basics. If I feel somebody has probable cause, then I have to know what the word means, probable cause. Uh, I agree. We need the whole training system, the whole selective system in law enforcement needs to be revamped. And we need to bring back the physical defense. Uh, we need to take these weapons away from them and just teach everybody boxing, maybe American kickboxing, which is just three kicks and traditional American boxing. There's some sort of self-defense where we don't have to keep pulling out weapons. That's my uh, idea. Okay, I'll agree with you on that one. Okay, but we got we got gangbangers out on the street. What you gonna do to that? Uh, real simple, real. That, that believe it, believe it or not, um, you know, having worked undercover all my life, if you just single out the head of the uh, the gang and work him and 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 remove him, and when you're gonna take him out of the picture, you do it off off site. So you kind of we we used to do it with a with a suburban van, just walk up and kind of kidnap the guy and stuff. Uh, cuff and stuff them and put them in, not to make a physical disturbance, cause a riot or anything. Once you pull the leader, it's like cutting the head off a snake. Once you pull the leader out of there, they're lost. They don't know where to go. There's a, there's a bigger issue with, with gangs. Um, first of all, uh, gangs are not in control. Gangs are, are maybe the set, probably like the third or fourth tier of the, of, of the whole problem. Uh, no gang, there is no uh, iron smelting pot in, in communities of color. You don't make your own guns. You don't grow your own dope. Uh, these come from higher organizations, and these organizations are known to, to, to federal investigators and known to higher-ups in law enforcement. Um, there is no attempt to root out the problem at the source. There is certainly no attempt to change the education system. The, the, the problem with gangs is, is multifaceted. And taking out the leader, you know, okay, great, the king is dead. Long live the king. Um, but the guns are still going to come in. The drugs are still going to come in. There's still going to be no education system. And there's no jobs. There's no jobs for white people. There sure is no jobs for black people. I mean, the whole system is set up to destroy you. Then you get into the system, and the system perpetuates itself because you are const your negativity is constantly reinforced. The, the prison system reinforces it. The street system reinforces it, reinforces it. The fact that there is nothing to do and plenty of time to do nothing reinforces it. So it's a, it's a, it's a multi, multifaceted thing. Um, but uh, law enforcement is going to have to go uh, uh, and root out the source of the guns. And a lot of times the guns come right out of the police station. A lot of times the drugs come right out of the police stations. But um, there's going to have to be a massive effort at, uh, at uh, um, uh, revamping the education system. These are things that, 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 that are voting things. Uh, let me put it this way. When you play the game of chess, you don't win by killing the king. If you kill the king, it's a stalemate. That's a tie. And the reason is simple. Just like I said, the king is dead. Long live the king. The, the game goes on. The only way you win it, win it chess is that you cut off every single avenue the king has to make a move. 
You're going to have to um, um, take control of your communities, take control of your education system. The same way they're marching in in Ferguson, I guarantee you, if you get a whole bunch of mothers just marching around the school that their children go to, demanding, demanding computer systems and better education, all of the media is going to um, bombard that school, and they're going to make moves. But we have to get to community first, and and we have to change things bit by bit by bit when we can, where we can, and how we can. There are changes okay. that have to be made. Okay, hold on a second. Before, before you guys on. answer, I have – hold on. Before you guys answer, you're listening to G Radio in New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. Now, I have some one – on the line 403 that's from Canada. Let's see what they have to say about America. You're on the line, Canada. I'm on the line, Canada. Um, Greg, you know it's Jane. Listen, you you and I have talked about this. I'm great. I'm great. Um, I was listening to what Nat had to say about um, starting in the education system. It absolutely has to start there, but I also think um, America needs gun control. Sorry. Yep. I, I really do believe that you need gun control. It's in Canada. Wait, why have, you know what, Jane, you say gun control? Gun control. Guns gun don't control kill people. Gun control as in people, every people, no, kill, people kill people. Absolutely. But you have you have millions, tens of millions of people in the United States, and everybody has a license to get a gun. Now, the problem with that is that you have you have bigotry and racism. Add that. Add poverty. Add all of the things that that go into that melting pot, and you have a powder keg. And now you have you're having race riots. I mean, the whole thing is, is no country in the world is innocent of racism. It, it, it's prevalent in every race against every race. But Thank I you. think the whole thing, yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't think that this is something that is. It's not white on black. It's not black on white. It's like it's been going on for centuries since the day that the world was born so what do you do to stop it i grew up in canada i grew up same time as what mike is talking about you know in the 70s came up through school and we were taught you know like the the world is a melting pot nobody's different or special because of what their color is okay but you know jane let me let me just cultural differences okay but let me just say this jane not to cut you off there let me just say this. You know, I understand and I completely hear what you're saying. But here's the issue. How many white people or non-people of color, I'm a very successful African-American. But you know what? When I, walk, when I wake up in the morning, you know what? I, if I'm going to catch a cab in New York City, I really have to think about what I'm going to wear. I have to racism. Racism is blatant in in the forefront. Jane, how many times have you heard me in a cab going to my office mm-hmm. across town on people trying to racism, street racism? Is it racism or stereotyping? It, racism because and stereotyping is the same thing. Is it? Well, I'm yeah, just saying. I, you know, I mean, it's just like the whole society, you just look at somebody and it's like, oh, God. You know, just like that old thing, which really irritated me, like when you see a black person 
Hey, it's against the law to do either. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Go ahead, wait. Go finish. finish the law to do either. If right. you're driving a cab, uh, just, just, um, um, just like you said, uh, if if you're too scared to be the police, then don't be the police. If you're right. too scared to drive a cab, don't drive a cab. Drive a cab. This is America. Um, uh, on the issue of, 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 of guns, I, I agree. We have three times as many guns as we have people in the United States yep, of America. Yep. Um, and there are people there are people who can't be trusted with plastic silverware who got, uh, um, you know, uh, guns. I'm, I'm serious. Uh, I don't mean to laugh. be trusted with plastic so spoons. Loaded um, for bear. Um, and, and you're not even allowed to check to see... If 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 a if a person is a raving maniac, you know it's just crazy. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. I think the big point here, Nat, though, is that I mean, Canada Canadians fought against gun control, but everybody had to register their guns. Um, you had to turn in any semi-automatic weapons, and we have way fewer deaths here. We certainly don't have the police killing young innocent boys on a daily basis and I'm watching on on um, YouTube about that young boy in Cleveland that cop jumped out of the car and that kid was dead within seconds yeah. you know but, and you, you're but afraid Jane, of a 12 year old boy but, but Jane but Jane but Jane, she, Jane. okay that 12 year old also was black. he had he was black but he had a pellet gun that didn't have the orange thing to know that it was a a, a fake gun. Okay, wait a so second. Let's look. Let's look. Here's up, let's here's look, here's, let's here's the thing. You have two armed cops coming at you with guns that you know shoot real bullets. Okay, wait a second. You're a twelve year old little boy. They didn't even give that kid the chance to drop that gun. They didn't even give the chance to drop that gun. I agree, so Jane, they, And why they not should wing not. him? It's, you, you know what, Looking Mike, at the child, me, I, yeah, there's if no he's way. holding a gun, it doesn't make any difference. Every you still got to talk him out. No, and, and you know, the, absolutely. Oh, no, and and oh, no. you know what? It's, Sorry, here's, it's, the, the whole thing is, is that, um, and, and Greg and I were talking about this earlier, about the fact that it just seems that the, the the police have become the new brown shirts, and and I'm sorry to say that about I'm watching from from here, but I sure don't see that here. I mean, we we do see police violence. We've had, you know, police go and shoot a kid up on a bus in Toronto, and and it, you know it was it was like they were shooting a turkey. The whole thing is though is that you have police in the United States exerting more force on a day-to-day basis and it, it it's yeah. it's definitely i i honestly think psychological profiling is not being done on these cops thank you i i don't know i don't know what your requirements are but it seems to me like every redneck with a gun and a yeah. hate a hate on can be a cop in the united states and that's where a lot of psychopathic personalities are going and i honest to god feel that you are living in a police state in most of the United States. You are afraid of your own police, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right, Nat, I'm going to let you go, Mike, and then Julie. 
Well, um, I, everything everything that's been said here is 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 dead on. That uh, I don't think I don't think training is the problem. I don't think um, the 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 kinds of things that are going on within the police department are the things that you should have been trained by your mother and father. The police department cannot uh, issue a program to make you not be a psychopath. And 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 not only is it is it is it uh, it's actually rewarded being a psychopath. There has to be there has to be certain rules, certain regulations, certain weeding out processes to get rid of nut cases. There has to be some sort of gun restriction, some sort of uh, registration. We have to become more civilized in uh, a society in the United States of America, for, for, for God's sake. This is just gone berserk. I, might... I agree. Hey, uh, Greg, I'm in agreement with everybody um, tonight, but as far as solving it, my main thing is the police are, are in the toilet. Uh, they're not properly trained. They don't understand the law, and yet they're half the people passing the shrink test that they have today. We didn't have shrink tests years ago. You come on, boom, you have a good understanding. We all grew up in the communities. Like I grew up in Newark uh, and later became a cop in the North Jersey area, right right outside of Newark and East Orange. And, and again, uh, we understand all the um, ethnic backgrounds of everybody and how to treat everybody with respect. That's something that has been lost. Uh, everybody wants to get out. They think they're playing a game on TV, you know, video games. Mm, so, um, mm. I, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I, I'm, uh, I don't know. It's just in the toilet. It used to be a good profession. And I'll give you one, for instance, not only with the shootings. Down here in Boynton Beach, two weeks ago, we had a uniformed police officer fully transporting a 19-year-old woman to headquarters. He stops in the parking lot and rapes her on the hood of the car. Oh, what the? What's going on here now? Am I missing something here? Right, uh, right. So. Protecting um, What's that? Protect and serve that they didn't do. Yeah, they 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 they're not paying attention to victims. Um, right. Anyway. No, and even when and, you claim Julie? a victim or whatever, it, even when you claim a victim or you claim that you're this or you claim that you're that, the judicial system puts you through hell, makes you look like you were the wrong person in the first place. Yeah. You know, but through all this, I just went off on another one. But through all this, my heart hurts. My heart cries. Not only for the lost souls, but for the mothers, for the fathers, for the pain that we're going through this. And through these years, see, we're old school. Yeah. We're the kind, we're old school. We're the kind that, yeah, when our kids did bad, you know, being right, we're going to put a foot in their butt. But now the problem is, is yes, the school system. They're not being taught. And it's up to the parents to teach them the love, the the education that is needed, the common sense that is there. But the problem also with that, too, is you had a lot of parents who played the victims themselves because they can't get out of, quote, the ghetto. So So the kids are in that street mentality. And what happened to the upbringing? What happened to the, you know, not everybody's a Beaver Cleaver family, okay? That was just a damn TV show. But still... You know, what happened to the roots of the family? It, now, it, it it's, starts it's long with gone. that. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah, long and gone. He, and the unfortunate part is now my grandkids 
God only knows what they're going to face. I had to call my son the other day, my 19-year-old son, and said, baby, please keep yourself in the house because my son is biracial. And I had to tell my boy, please stay in the house until this blows over because if I was ever to be put in that situation, I could not tell you. Because I have been through hell and high water in my life. And you know what? The struggle is real. But you know what? It's okay because it made me the woman I am today. And I'm trying to pass that on to my kids. But it is so hard when you're being slammed up against the system, when you're being slammed up against who is supposed to protect us. And my kids look to me like, Mama, what do I do? You know. Okay, listen. But here's the thing, though, guys. And you guys can comment after I say this. Where does our own responsibility come in? Now, when I say that, talk about I, I I talk about we as an individual, we as a race, we as people of color have some responsibility. You know what? It is what it is. And you know what? I am sad. Michael Brown Young man on his way to college got killed. But the fact of it is, you know what he did? He went into a store and stole something. Uh, no, oh, there's that, no that, conclusive that, evidence that, of that. Um, um, he was never tried for that. There's no conclusive evidence of that. They they said that they killed Eric Garner because uh, no, he was selling loose cigarettes, but there were no loose cigarettes. There was 20 cops around him all stopping him for selling loose cigarettes when there were no loose cigarettes. Uh, no. He had never been he had never been charged. As a matter of fact, he was fighting the charge in court at the time. The policeman who choked him out knew him. So there is no evidence that anybody stole any tipperillos or anything else from that videotape. However, however, assuming that that's correct, assuming that that's correct, mm-hmm. what happened after that. I will, I, will, I will assume that's correct just for the sake of argument. Uh, right. Assuming that's correct, what happened is inexcusable. And why is Amadou Diallo dead? And why was a 12-year-old, why was a young teenage kid beaten unmercifully in the head for jumping a turnstile? I mean, uh, uh, to be poor and black puts you in, in, in dire jeopardy. And I'm going to tell you something. It is not people who, who, who commit big crimes that uh, have a problem dealing with the police. They know the drill. It's people who don't deal with the police, people who do little things or nothing at all. They're the ones that want to know, why are you stopping me? What I do? What do you want? They're the ones. Criminals know to shut the hell up, go in the court, Get their ass out and be criminals again. It's innocent people who don't know how to behave. And and sometimes with young people, uh, if you're a street cop, meaning you work the streets, you know the streets, you know the people, and someone jumps a turnstile, and so you catch them. And sometimes the best thing to do, being a street cop, is just say, okay, look, get out of here. If I see you here in the subway again, we're going to have a little problem, and I'm going to give you a five-minute head start before I attempt not to catch you. So, you, you know, it's just it's just good discretion. You know, you can't 
You can't shoot everybody. You can't beat everybody up. You just have to talk to people. And if the kid realizes he got a break the first time, okay, you got a 50-50 chance he may straighten out. See, there's that problem right there, what you just said. you got to talk to people. That's what's been going on. There's been lack of communication right. only because we have been separated by society and by the media, by hyping a whole bunch of stuff. We are being separated into colors, into um, everything, away from the judicial system. So it's just like what you said, you know. No, nobody knows how to solve a street problem anymore. Nobody knows how to talk to people. Nobody shows anybody any respect. Thank you. Jane? Communication and Jane? respect is all. Yep. Go ahead. Um, it's it's funny when um, when Mike was making that point. You do know that there is a subliminal training going on to kill people by drones, and to actually have a remote control army in this world. And the whole thing is is to to actually have an equal, hate, an equal hate on for every every race, every color. So I do honestly feel that people are being desensitized by games, by media. The media is actually drumming up hatred and racism at an alarming rate. Um, they're posting. They're posting a lot of anti. They, they will post on both sides: anti-black, anti-white, anti-anti-everything. And, you know, the, the whole thing, Greg and I were having this discussion of, you know, I'm seeing white people being targeted on an on a amazing race, a, a, a rate of, of just, you know, oh, white people only have so many people on their social networks, and they're mainly white. Well, what about Asians? Do you think I question what Asian, how many people, my Asian friends, and I have Asian friends, I don't question who their friends are. You, you know... You have your friends. I have my friends. What the hell does that have to do with anything except to create racial tension? Okay, but Jane, let me let me let me let me respond to that. Absolutely. You know, I live in New York City where there's 18 yeah. million people. Yeah. All right. So when we, as we say, it's a big melting pot, right? So I I I look at I have I have you know I have all kinds of friends. But I often question, you live in New York City, and you don't have any friends that are other? It's a little bit suspect. You know, Greg, I don't, seriously, I honestly don't even no, wait, 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 Everybody, wait. Everybody in the world has has friends of every color, and and they should be. Uh, maybe I'm just speaking as a Canadian. Um, but when I was in New York and when I'm in New York, uh, I get along with everybody. Everybody's polite and yeah. kind. They open doors for each other. You know, I, I, I don't – I've never had a problem in New York. I've never yeah. had a problem in L.A. Well, but then again, I'm a, I'm a white middle-aged woman. Does that Does that mean something? I don't know. Well – Greg will attest for me, I think. Uh, you look at my yes, wall on my Facebook page, Mike Russell Mob Cop. <laughs> There's no discrimination there, right, Greg? No, not at all, Mike. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but New York is not a melting pot. New York is like Tupperware with different vegetables in it. New York is a series <laughs> of communities. Uh, uh, New York is a series of communities. It's right. not a melting pot. Everybody, everybody works with 
people of different groups, uh, ethnic groups, uh, uh, um, uh, sexual, uh, um, you know, uh, gays, straights, blacks, whites. Everybody works with those people. Everybody uh, does well with the people in their social circle. But, but then, but it's within their social circle. Uh, it, Greg, for all intents and purposes, you a white man. You just got a very black face, but you a white man. You live with black people. All your white people got money. All I mean, that's you not, know, but I'll let you finish with money. I mean, you, you, you all pronounce your T's. Uh, <laughs> but um, does I speak correct King's English? No, I am saying that you are not part of a melting pot. You are part of a community, and you relate to the people within your community. But now I, I am, just, for I all intents and purposes, a white man. I live in the East Village of New York. Most of the people I know, my neighbors, are, are, are um, white people. They're, so they're all educated people. Well, um, how, how, the white people, the Puerto Rican people, I deal with. I have... deal with people who are professional people. We do television. We do music. These are the people that I relate to. I'm so not how, in how the bowels of hell right this moment. But that's not, not different than being in the no, melting no, no, pot. No, no, no. Everybody's different. And that just said, for Sorry. all intents and purposes, that I was a white man. How am I different from you, Nat? You're not. I know. You're not. The only thing is, is that I was raised as a black kid. So I know the difference. I'm born and raised in Harlem. No, I'm born and raised in Harlem. I'm born and raised in Harrowtown. That's not where I am at this moment. So I understand both dynamics. I also understand that New York is a series of communities. When you go further uptown, it becomes Dominican. Uh, uh, predominantly uh, When you go over this way It's more Jewish Each of these different cultures Have different personalities And and once you get out of your culture If you take, if you take a, a kid who was raised in Helltown And you take him early enough And put him in a community That is a thriving community Where the kids go to school I guarantee you he will uh, become acclimated to the community that he's in. But right now, we are a series, uh, a series of communities, and each one of those communities have special needs, special circumstances. So if you take a whole bunch of poor kids, put them with a whole bunch of poor kids, have no education system, has a, has, has a police department that is actually an occupying force, you get a different mindset than you would have if you remove those kids or change the circumstances. I'm not talking about giving anybody anything but a level playing field. But if you take away the level playing field, Uh, mm-hmm. like, like, I, can I can I jump in on that? Yes, yes. Sure. Um, you know, I, I, I agree with with Nat. The level playing field is definitely something that you really need to have, and that begins from school all the way through high school. The mm-hmm. level playing field, and and you know, if you the the whole thing is is I mean, having been raised here, I don't know you know, about the American schools as much as I do, of course, here. But 
you know, when you have the different classes, and you definitely have a class system. Canada has a, a, a smaller class system, but we still have a class system. And there, the, you have a class system there. If, if you want to look for a solution, maybe, it, you know, it really does have to start with the next generations coming through. And it definitely has to start with, you know, put people on the level playing field. What is wrong with the school uniform? What is wrong with treating everybody the same? So you don't know if I took the bus or walked or got the limo ride to school. I think that is definitely one place to start. Um, Not allowing the cliques to form in schools and the bullying. And you have to go back to that because racism is bullying on a different level. But it is. Yes, it is. You really think? Yes, it is. Really? Racism is a form, Greg, of 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 superiority and bullying. When you break things down to their base level, base level, if you break it down, really, yes, racism, racism starts somewhere. Where does it start? You have to... I was not brought up um, to be race, you know, discrimination, right? But that was not at home. That Because I'll, I'll clearly say to you, my parents are rednecks. Hello, Alberta and Saskatchewan, born, raised on the freaking farm, redneck from, you know what, I tell you something. But I came up in the school system that said that is not okay. You are not allowed to bully that Child over but, there, but, but Jean, because but Jean, not, not, because Jean, not their skin you color. Off, but rednecks, go ahead. Always, you can't always equate redneck with racism. No, but my point is, is that no, of course not, Greg. You know what? Here's the whole thing about racism. And again, come on, don't tell me racism. I live in a primarily, or I used to live in a primarily white world. But come on, it was. You know what? You were. You weren't Polish. You were a Polak. You you know what you you weren't Irish you're a Mick you're you know what and <laughs> yeah, and I know that term well uh, exactly you know <laughs> what uh, you're not you're not you're not Italian you're a WAP and you know what you 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 have it that is racism that is racism you have people telling jokes about uh, other other um, nationalities that is racism and it's white on white it is because it's it's it, European on European it is but you if you if you catch it in the school system, right. when you're coming up and say that is not okay right. to say yeah. that and do but you know that, what, Jane, I think then you have to catch that it becomes ingrained. I think you have to well, catch you, it. You have to catch right. it at where? The hey, Greg. Yes, sir. Greg. But Greg, but Greg, those children grow up to be parents, and my, you know, your children, my children, they're growing up. My children are definitely not racist. They've right. never, they wouldn't right. even have the thought right. in their bones. Right. So it started with me, and it is going through my children, and then it will go through their children. You have to start it somewhere, and if you can't start it in the home, then where, where else is the biggest influence in a child's I, I life? Agree. I agree. Mike, go ahead. Hey, hey Greg, i got to bail now. Uh, i got an earlier morning appointment tomorrow. Uh, I want to thank everybody and thank you for having me on the show. Right. And uh, everybody befriend me on Facebook, please. Mike Russell right. Mob Cop. Please. Right. Okay. okay. Nice Mike. talking Thanks with you. Lot, All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. And thank you, All right. Greg. All right. No problem.
You're listening right. to G Radio New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, oh music for your soul. Tonight, we're talking about what's going on in America, and I have I had four great guests. Now I have three great guests. So, guys, okay, where do we go from here? Um, let's start with Nat. Where do we go? Well, I think first of all, we live in a in a time where it's the only the only real impediment we have of doing things is a political system that is adversarial to people doing anything. There's a political system that's adversarial to to any form of gun control. It's certainly not the population. The population is all for it. It's it's a political system that's adversarial to to um making school a school system where young people are encouraged and enabled to make their dreams come true. This is not the old days. To put computers in the schools uh, 20, 25 years ago, you needed five, ten thousand $10,000 uh, computers and a whole room full of computers. Now you can get Kindle Fires for $100 a piece. Uh, uh, they'll probably give it to them if you give them the free publicity. You can Wi-Fi the whole building for almost nothing. It's not the same thing. What is the holdback in putting guitars in the school, in putting computers in the school, in making the school system truly 21st century a place where people can make their dreams come true? It takes a whole lot of different people to make a world. It's not just it's not just hedge fund operators that make a world. All right, Julie. Yes. I. What was your question? I'm just, like, sitting back taking that in, you know. Um, and you know what? I have to agree with Jane, though, about the bullying. I really do. I really do. Because for the fact is, it is very prevalent around. Yes, we teach our kids trying not to do that, but you got to remember, you got brother-sister rivalry. But it's not as extensive as it is in school. But the thing about it is, is, you know, just like the gun control, I think the reason why – that it's so lackadaisy is because everybody else has one. I need I need a gun so I can protect myself. I'm not going out like that. That's the mentality of a lot of people right now because we don't know who to trust. We don't know who to turn to because we can't turn to an officer because how do we know that he's not raising something and it's not his voice, it's his gun. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead, Julie. No, that's fine. No, 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 that's fine. No, but like I said, though, with the bullying, you know, and um, unfortunately, I mean, I agree, you know, it does start at home. Yes, it does. We can teach. I have four kids. They are grown. They were grown in the same house with me. We can teach our kids the difference between right and wrong, but when they step out that door, it is, it, you know, it's their mindset that they form. Yes, I help them form it, but the peers, what they see, what they go through. And unfortunately, like, you know, the European countries and stuff like that, they don't have all that BS that we got out here. You know, they can sit back at night and don't have to worry about there's gunshots and you have to hit your butt on the floor because you're afraid you're going to get hit. You know, they don't have all that out there. We're building prison systems out here while they're tearing them down. And then we wonder why our children are lost. And then we wonder why we lose our loved ones, and then we wonder why we've lost. Jane? Sorry. Um, 
you know, I, I just, I just honestly, um, I don't think racism is going to disappear anytime soon. Nope. Uh, it, it, it really won't. And it, it will just subtly shift from, from one group to another. Um, the big thing is, is to do public forums like this, to do peaceful things. I don't agree you. on, I, I, yeah, oh, you, you know, I just don't agree on, you know, the, the whole violence begetting violence. What did it get anybody in Ferguson for businesses to be burnt down and other people in your community to lose, lose their livelihood because a young man lost his life? The whole thing Thank is that you. You, you have to stop with the violence. And, and, and I'll tell you something, I don't think that the police in the United States, um, I honestly think that, um, that something has to be done about your police state down there. It, it truly is terrifying. It's, I'm afraid of the police in the United States. I really am. Because they can do your search and seizure. Um, and I know when Greg talks to me about, he always says to me, Jane, you can catch the cab for us. Because I'm, I'm a... A white woman. I can step out into the street and catch a cab at two o'clock in the morning sooner than he can, and that's right. the, that makes me sad. You know that I, I, that is is how things are. So right. really, start it at home, start it in school, and get a handle on your brown shirts who are known as your police, because uh, you, you guys are heading for the next Nazi Germany, and but it's going to be Nazi USA. Hey, right, yeah, yeah. Before you respond, that hold on, that before you respond, you're right. listening to D Radio New York City, where you can find the Clash of Soul and R&B music. And I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G Radio. Tonight, we're talking about what's going on in America. And I have Julie Tigress Williams. I have Nat Wood and Jane Tomy. Jane lives in Canada. Nat lives in New York as well as I am. And Julie lives in L.A. So, And then we had Mike Russell, the cop, who is or was an uh, undercover cop. So, Nat, with that said, continue. Yeah, I just I just want to say, um, first of all, uh, uh, don't get it twisted. If you look at history, um, you'll see the United States was this close to going Nazi itself. Uh, 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 um, but um, that being as, as it may, when you look at Ferguson, I want you to keep in mind that, first of all, the community that was burnt down was a poor community. Um, For some inexplicable reason, there was a grand jury decision that was made early in the daylight hours and and not uh, uh, put across the media till 9 o'clock at night. And there were no police in the areas that were burned down, and not all of the people that were doing the burning and the looting were black people. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, uh, say who was doing what or what the motivation was, but a, a, a series of very curious incidents occurred to bring about uh, this, 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 this destruction that happened in Ferguson. Um, I don't know the motivations of people. I don't know where they come from or who they are or or if it's just emotions out of hand, but there was a lot of premeditation involved before you got to that emotion. Right. 
So, guys, you know what? We, I, I, I grew up. Um, I'm going to make a public service announcement on Tuesday after 30 frames a second, and you guys will all be privy to it, as well as the world. I go back to this. You know, racism, we know it exists. Is it going to go anywhere? No. It's not. We have to learn how to deal with it. That's a fact. And we need to learn how to deal with it proactively, effectively, and make it work for us. I do it every single day. Nat, you do it every single day. Julie, you do it. And Jane, you do it as well because we're all minorities. We do it. Mm-hmm. We live, we do it. So, mm-hmm. with that said, reach one, teach one, I say. Now, I as mm. a black man, I as a black man, I am despondent, I am sad, I am hurt with the verdict of what happened with Michael Brown. We need to move on. We need to deal with how, what's our next move? Personally, personally, I'm going to say this because this is my radio show. Fuck marching. Fuck marching. Mm, I agree with you, Greg. I agree with you. No, I I think the point that Greg is making is, no, honestly, economic. Economics is where you make change. Economics and laws, and and go after the pocketbook, and you will you will change be hurting perfect. people. Okay, Jane just made a good point right there. Okay, she made an awesome point right there. What has society made this day after uh, after Thanksgiving, but a Black Friday? That's for you to go out and buy all your Christmas stuff because you get all these benefits and discounts. Uh-uh. You know what? I have not done that for many years. I have not supported that for many years. And if people would really research where Black Friday came from, they may not like the answer. But well, Black Friday starts Wednesday now. Said, uh, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. And um, Cyber Monday. I can't forget that, too. But Jane's right, though. Hit him in the pocketbook because, see, but see, the problem is, is you have, a lot of people are, a lot of people are still struggling financially, you know? So that's right. why they go out and get those deals and everything. But if you hit it there, you know, in, in with economics, bam, that's going to, you know, that's going to, you know, take some away, you know? So I do agree with her on that part. Okay. Very much so. Hey, Nat. Okay, Nat. Matt, we got about two minutes. You can wrap it up. All right. I just want to say this. I'm going to say it real quick. One of the problems we, we face is that our shopping tendencies are a program, and you cannot fight programming with logic. It's almost impossible. You can make all the sense in the world, but we have been programmed to, programmed to spend, programmed to spend. Change and, your mindset. Again, that's what we need to do. Change your mindset. You have to change your programming. Exactly. Change your mindset. You know what, guys? This has been awesome. I want to thank uh, Mike Russell. I want to thank Jane. Jane, thank you for calling in. You know, all is fabulous. Julie, thank you so much for participating. And Nat Wood, my co-host, my dude, Mm -hmm. it, it, it works. And, guys, you know what? We should... We have to continue this 
on a daily or uh, weekly. Not, you and I continue it every week, but we need more programs like this. And I want to thank you guys because you know what? Reach one, teach one. And with that said, you're listening to G Radio in New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music. The music for your soul and tonight was about what's going on. And you know what, guys? Only thing that we can hope for is change. And I thank each and every one of you for calling in and participating. It is what it is, and we'll deal with it. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you all. Blessed love, you all. Yeah. all right. Thanks for having you. me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I was born by the river In a little tent Born to fly The river I've been running Ever since Oh, it's been a long Long time coming But I know Change gon' come Oh, yes it will It's been too hard living But I'm afraid to die I don't know what to say Beyond the sky Oh, it's been a long But I know Yeah, yeah, yeah. 